0: Hello, and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Even before the pandemic, there was a financial crisis where many consumers had difficulty making ends meet, causing missed monthly payments or overdrafts with fees that quickly added up. Initially created as a budgeting tool to help consumers avoid overdraft fees, the Mark Cuban-backed fintech named Dave has morphed into a digital banking app that provides free paycheck advance of up to $100, helps gig workers find jobs, improves customers' credit bureaus, plants trees, and offers a great alternative to the big Goliath banks. We're fortunate to get some time with Jason Wolf, co-founder and CEO of Dave. During the show, Wilk discusses his career path as a four-time founder, the mission of Dave, the increasingly competitive challenger banking space, and how Dave responded to a recent security breach. So welcome to the show, Jason. First of all, I have to admit that Shark Tank is one of my favorite entertainment indulgences. I especially like Mark Cuban, who usually invests in tech-based firms that usually meet a completely unmet need, and a lot of times are based in some social element. I find it pretty amazing that you not only got Mark Cuban to invest in one of your startups when you were only 25 years old, but you've gotten to invest in three of your startups. What's your secret?
1: Mark really respects hard work, and he respects someone who has a lot of persistence and who is quite resourceful. I think Mark potentially saw a little bit of himself in me and that when I approached him as a 25-year-old, i was sleeping on couches i was i was so determined to get my company off the ground whatever that was going to be i didn't even know what it was going to be at, at that time necessarily um but mark really respected that i continued following up with him continued to pester him um, all the way until he ultimately led our our seed round of my last company and he subsequently invested in, in everything i've done and he decided to take a board seat at dave this, this time around so we've gotten. Uh, even closer. And he's been an excellent role model and and person to
0: work with. You know, it's interesting because Mark has been outspoken about the PPP, small business loans. He really takes a real socially conscious position in many companies. And and Dave's a good example. Your latest endeavor, as you you said, was the digital banking app, um, budgeting app, Dave, where the mission was really to help people avoid high overdraft fees charged by the big banks and to help consumers improve their money management skills. Can you explain a little bit about how that idea came about?
1: Well, it was exactly that time in my life when I had approached Mark. I was sleeping on couches, and I was incredibly frustrated with getting hit with consistent overdraft fees. I was living off of a Discover credit card, but that didn't mean that wasn't frustrated with understanding which bills were going to be due when and how I was going to make ends meet. And a constant point of contention was that I'd been banking with my institution chase for you know 20 years at that point but they couldn't tell me when my next paycheck was they couldn't tell me what my expenses were until i got paid and so you're always running up up against this issue of your bank saying you have a current balance of x but to me that balance is so frustrating because i have my rent my rent payment coming up i have my utility payment coming up i had a subscription bill coming up and so in reality until i got paid next i really only had like $15 $15 is my available to spend balance. So I, I felt like I really wanted to build a product that was built for that type of a of a use case. And it just so happens that 90% of Americans struggle with this issue as well. So I wasn't alone.
0: Well, it was interesting because you mentioned that. I, I, uh, I've had a relationship with uh, a big West Coast bank for about the same amount of time you have had a relationship with Chase. And it's interesting because they actually reached out to me in the last six months and said, could you give us a balance that you'd like us to warn you about the fact that it's a low balance you'd like us to give you a notice? And I'm going, you know, WTF, I mean, I'm sorry, you've had a relationship with me for 15 years. Number one, my balance level that's comfortable is different on the 1st than it is on the 12th than it is on the 22nd or 28th of the month. And you have all the information about how I've made payments for the last 15 years. There's got to be a way where you should tell me where my warning signals are, And, and, you know, That was interesting because as I look into the Dave, you know, a couple of benefits of Dave initially was to link basically a linking tool to any account at any traditional bank and that you would not only help me avoid overdraft fees, but you'd give me an early warning system as to if I should make a payment or if I should buy something or not. And on top of that, you provided a modest payday advance with no fees or interest. How could you do that from a financial basis, from a business basis? the the advanced business yeah the advanced business but but also you know all the budgeting tools and and i believe you only charge one dollar a month so it's not a very high high cost endeavor
1: well first the advanced product has been truly a lifesaver for customers that that use dave i mean we we were blown away when we first launched the company that not only was the budgeting tool an, an essential piece of somebody's financial life but we were sending out notifications and seeing that people were overdrafting on just these five, ten dollar purchases. And so the advanced product, we really wanted to reinvent overdraft. We wanted it to be something that was friendly and that really was something people could count on and was an amount of money that was one, easy to approve people for, but two, easy for someone to pay back. So there is no concept of a cycle of of anyone getting into any issue with, with Dave? We, we want to be here to help people only. And that product, I mean, we've we've issued over thirty million of these these uh, overdraft advances at this point. It's been hugely hugely popular, and we've helped customers save hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars in overdraft fees at this point. It's been uh, you know one one of our proudest inventions of the industry, and it seems to be catching catching uh, quite a bit of popularity now amongst the other challenger banks. And as far as you know, how we do it the way we decided to to monetize the, the product one was we felt that we were compelled to build a product that was worth one dollar per month and given there was nothing else out there in the market and knowing my personal frustrations paying a one dollar for something that's going to save me and put my financial mind at ease i felt like was completely worth it and then on the on the back end on the on the advanced business we decided to go with a pay what you think is fair model and only charge optional fees associated with it, because ultimately we're trying to build a relationship with our customers. And, you know, we're not trying to make money like the big banks are off of overdraft. We're really trying to help people get back on their feet. So asking someone what they think the product is worth to them seemed to be completely aligned with our customer.
0: So how did that work? Do you get many people that actually pay you for that service? We do. We
1: have a significant amount of people that love Dave and consistently give us a tip and, yeah, that tip is truly voluntary, and our, our users actually love it.
0: So how many customers, before you developed the the banking app, how many customers had subscribed to the budgeting tool?
1: So we have over 7 million registered customers at this
0: point. And you also partnered with Level Credit to help customers use rent or utility payments to build a credit bureau. That obviously isn't aligned is in alignment with what you're doing with Dave's, the budgeting tool. And that also comes free if a customer signs up for the level credit. And it comes with uh, if you sign up for direct deposit, correct? That's right. And how has that worked overall with your new banking app?
1: That's working great. The customers that get qualified for are seeing an average increase in their scores by 30 to 50 points, which is pretty considerable. And Dave, as we move into more traditional products like banking, we're always trying to figure out what's a unique spin that your bank is never really going to ever offer for you. And we felt like there's never been a checking account that helps you build your credit. So that seems like a really worthwhile product and really fits within our our mission as well. So it was exciting to find a partnership on something that helps people build credit with so little effort as as minimal as just paying your rent on time is going to help you boost your score. And it makes sense. And it's something that you need to pay each. It's effectively a a loan anyways, because you owe money to your landlord. And if you pay on time, you should be able to get some credit for that.
0: Well, there's obviously a gap in the marketplace. I mean, the credit bureau business is an old established business. But, you know, there's so many elements of that that are so antiquated in the way that People manage money and it doesn't really define how likely a person is going to be to, to make their payments. I mean, you in New York City you have people that rent their entire lives and it's hard for them to establish a credit bureau without that capability, especially as you're younger. So, you know, obviously, you, as I mentioned, you went beyond the budgeting tool to offer a digital only banking app. I would imagine that the COVID crisis, really the impact on the marketplace and and the impact on the need for consumers to really do better with their digital banking helped Dave Banking app overall. How did you see that work out? How has the last six months, I guess it's almost been now, how has the last six months been for Dave Banking?
1: It's been great. We've seen a huge uptick in the amount of people who utilize our budgeting and cash product signing up for, for an account. You know, our, our active users that use the Dave Budgeting product 70% of those end up signing up for the Dave banking wait list. And we're working as fast as we can to get everybody off of that list. There's been a, such a surge in demand for banking with the
0: company. So how many customers do you have in Dave banking right now, roughly?
1: Over 2 million people are, are signed up for it. It's like 2.2 million people on the wait list. And we've released the product to like 250,000 people so far off of that list. And about 50% of people end up creating accounts who we just sent a notification to. So it's. It's a, it's a huge success so far, and we're excited to get that out to every single customer uh, over the next few
0: months. So you have roughly about 100,000 active Dave Banking customers right now?
1: I think about 150,000, I believe, is, is where we're at right now.
0: And what's your projection for the end of the year then?
1: Well over a million.
0: That's great. And, you know, when you have the linking to the level credit, of the 100,000 customers you signed up, roughly what percentage end up? using Davis or primary account through direct deposit and that maybe not the best way to monitor it but it's probably the the most accurate to say that somebody makes it their primary account if they have direct deposit how's that how's that as a percentage of your overall customers right now
1: it's growing i mean we're seeing similar um approach to the product as the other challenges and that people like to, to deposit a small amount of money first and test it and then you see an explosion of direct deposit conversion after that so we're you know we're in the double digits of conversions and and looking to to be one of the industry leaders of people using Dave as their
0: primary account. So there are a lot of fintech players that seem to overlap your target market at least to a degree. How does Dave differentiate itself from the likes of Chime or Moneyline or Current, Varo, SoFi, and others?
1: Well, Dave was the the originator of of reinventing overdraft and helping people understand how much money they have until they get paid next and. We've established ourselves as as an industry leader that customers know about. And what's different about Dave is that we built a company to be very fluid in that you can sign up for Dave Banking now, but you can also come and connect your checking account that you're having troubles with and utilize our services. And so that lightweight approach to building a relationship with users and then inviting them to Dave Bank over time has really been a unique approach to how we, we build the company. The second approach is we're the only company that helps you build your credit as a checking account. And additionally, we're the only challenger bank that has a fascinating job product, which is called Side Hustle. It's something that we brought to market in 2018, seeing that a lot of our customers were were driving for rideshare companies. And so we decided to create a marketplace specifically for the gig economy. And companies like DoorDash, Instacart, you name it, are coming to Dave to put their postings up. And we've helped our customers earn over a hundred million dollars of income through that product. So not only is Dave the only challenger bank that gives you the free cash advance, which we invented, helps you understand how much you can get paid, how much you have until you get paid next, but the only one that's helping you build your credit and at the same time really is there for you.
0: Yeah, that I mean it it all falls in line and it's not quite using open banking, but it's certainly expanding to your marketplace and to your target market in a way that others have not pursued at this point. Recently, VARO became the first FinTech digital only bank to get a national charter with, uh, it looks like SoFi may be pursuing this route as well. Is this something that's either viable or desired route for Dave?
1: Yes. At some point it it will be for us. the, The flexibility you have with your own charter from a compliance perspective and just speed to market with new products. I think there is value in having a charter. It is not a necessity. You know, at this point in time, with this great race in the challenger banking space, it's really who has the best product, who can get to the most customers and, and get, to, to get to critical scale. Building a moat right now is, is far more important than dealing with the complexities of having a bank charter. Obviously, we'd love to have one if it was easy, but the work required at this point, I, I think our time is best spent elsewhere on, on building an amazing product.
0: So you still have somewhat of a narrow product set, which is understandable, certainly given the the time you've been in the marketplace. Where do you see Dave expanding the product line in the future, and, and how do you? What's your process of innovation at Dave?
1: Well, first we take a step back and look at what is it the banks are doing and what is it the banks are not doing, and we try and focus on what they're not doing, which could be really useful for someone in financial services. And that's our approach to making innovative products, as long as they ultimately put customers' financial mind at ease. But to your point, I mean, our goal is to be into every traditional banking financial product category. It's just for us, we want to make sure we have our own unique spin on it that's truly helpful to the customer and something that the, the industry hasn't seen. So we're, we're slower at rolling out product because we want to make sure that it, it's special to the user.
0: Yeah, so, you know, with most fintech challenger banks, the benefit is the technology infrastructure that really allows for significant Efficiencies overall. Alternative, many of the same firms challenge with scalability, brand recognition, uh, trust, and and the risk of over reliance on VC funding. How do you deal with those challenges at Dave? Because it obviously, mostly every fintech has the same challenges. But how do you how do you deal with those?
1: Dave, we really focus on building a sustainable company, one that really has a very fair business model that aligns ourselves with the customer and. We've been fortunate that the way we've built the company, we have an, an incredibly low cost to acquire a customer, and that's helped us really scale the business without raising much venture capital. I think we've raised the least amount of venture capital in this Challenger banking space yet. We are, we are you know one of the top two or two or three players in the entire industry. We still have every penny in the bank of every capital raise we've done compared to others that have raised you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not close to a billion. And we are keeping it parity there, so yeah we we want to build for the long term and we think that customers will come if you build a red right product overspending on marketing is you know can be an advantage to get to more customers, but it's not the only thing you can do to build a great base
0: do you think this might be a challenge going forward or a potential either consolidation or fallout because of the reliance of a lot of firms on venture capital at a time when right now venture capital is getting much more selective and where cash flow could be getting kind of weakened at a lot of these fintechs. Do you see a a possible consolidation taking place?
1: I see quite a few of the fintechs being in position as good to go public. I mean, a few years ago, I was questioning, well, you know, why the big banks not made any kind of plays to consolidate the market, which still has not happened. And I think that they should have because now you have companies that are well into the nine figures of revenue in a very hot category, especially with Cash App arguably being independently valued at $30 billion right now inside of Square – People are, are really interested in fintech and, and the public market, given how much market share and how big of, a, of a, a total adjustable market it is and how much customers are aware of these products. They are going to be great public companies. And so the, the consolidation, I think, will be happening amongst us as fintech, not necessarily from the big banks unless they can speed up.
0: So when you look at the big banks and we look at other competitors, do you foresee your, your greatest competition in the future coming from traditional banks that may pivot and do some of the things you're doing, maybe other challenger banks, or do you see it coming from the big tech providers who are building platforms with financial services uh, layers?
1: It's still hard to say if, if the big incumbents really want to be in the in the actual banking space. You know, I do see it coming from the the larger sort of fintech-type companies that are going after the market. I think the big risk, though, is yes. I think it's the big banks because while they may have a lower NPS, people do trust them as they have hundreds of thousands of employees and they have a retail footprint all across the country. And with banking comes trust. And so I do think that they still – the incumbents are the formidable competition here at this point.
0: So you, you just mentioned the need for trust and the desire for your customers to make data their primary bank. Recently, you were a victim of a hack, um, impacted 7.5 million of your user accounts. Can you explain what happened to a degree? And then more importantly, how your team reacted to what happened to reassure your customer base?
1: Yeah, I, well, that's into much, too much specifics. I mean, there was an issue with a third-party partner who was helping to monitor our GitHub and we had a trial with this business which ended uh, earlier this year. They never deleted our our credentials and that's what led to some of the issues here. So it was was no fault of Dave's actual systems that were were compromised. No one actually hacked into Dave. It was another company that that had uh, some credentials that were were able to access the, the product. But, you know, fortunately for us, it was really just basic information that was taken from user base. And it was from one group that was mostly interested in some kind of a ransom. We have, Nothing to believe that any of the information was to the extent that could be used to, to hurt any of our consumers. But nonetheless, we took every single action and went above and beyond for users from telling them about it, being proactive and giving them the, the utmost ability to, to help them monitor themselves if they feel like they're, they are at risk.
0: So your customer user ratings, your app ratings were notoriously high, just really high prior to the cyber attack. What have been the impact on your customer ratings since your data was hacked?
1: Not much, to be honest. I mean, you know, a, a very slight uptick in customer support requests to ask the full nature of, of what happened to get some more details if they were affected. But that's it. I mean, people really trust Dave. They like the fact that we were proactive about it. There's been huge companies that try and keep things like this from consumers. And we took the opposite approach, which obviously is, you know, we got quite a bit of mainstream media attention around it. I think we, you know, we didn't have to go quite that far, but we felt like If we're in the business of transparency and trying to really build a trustworthy brand that we had to do what we had to do. And I think we were rewarded for it as much as it was painful for a day in the press. Well,
0: it's interesting because I would think that, you know, part of it is based on your ability to build trust before this ever happened. So you obviously had consumers that you made it very clear how you're looking out for them. And then afterwards, the the proactivity that you had must have just reaffirmed the fact that, that you can be trusted as a company. Because that's something that could put a company out of business, especially a young company. And it, it, you know, I look at your, your customer satisfaction range, and as you said, they got impacted minorly, if at all, because of this. And you're still growing accounts. So the, the reality is consumers make that part of their judgment. But again, they look at the bigger picture of what you're doing as an organization, what you're standing for. So that's, that's got to be positive as, as, it, as you grow going forward.
1: Yes, absolutely. We built Dave to go beyond being just a painkiller product and to be a truly life-saving product. We have people in reviews thanking God that Dave exists. And there's not many companies I've ever seen that people thank God that that the product was invented. So we really love seeing things like that. And I think given we are in the, the business of building products like that, that's why people decided to stick around. We saw so, so little, I mean, almost zero customer attrition from this situation.
0: You know, beyond the position of Dave versus Goliath versus the big banks, you're also supportive of sustainability issues and social issues. Your, your blog that's on your site makes it very clear that there's a bigger mission here. Can you explain a little bit of the importance of this position, especially as we're in a, the kind of state we are right now with health crisis, social crisis, and economic crisis?
1: Well, I think that for the the customers that we're helping, which is the majority of Americans, there's no one that's really been a, a champion for that. And Dave is really trying to be that champion type of a brand to really be there for the customer that's trying to give 110% to get to the next level. There's this negative stigma I think that people who don't make a lot of money are, aren't working as hard, but that's not not true. Yeah, as as seen by the the success of our side hustle product. Hundreds of thousands of people are applying for second jobs to go make money to support themselves I and mean, that that's going above and beyond what the average or the, the the wealthier demographic has to do to get by at this point so being that customer champion is is something that needs to happen for this country
0: so looking forward and as a final question, what do you see as next for dave and and probably also given the fact that you have a history of startups uh, what's next for Jason well.
1: I love the fact that there's so many things to do in consumer finance that you know, my next startup I want it to be inside of Dave is just a new product that we can, that we can dream up. I think that's the most exciting thing about this. I hope we don't need to go start a, another company again. I'd love to just continue product innovation in in an industry that just hasn't seen much exciting work happen in the next, in the last few decades you know my my previous business was in was in advertising technology i was going against the most creative people in the world people thought i was crazy to get into fintech because you know it's not a creative industry and i felt if i could bring that level of creativity to to finance that there was a a huge opportunity to build a gigantic company and that you know, we're, we're part way there on our mission right now
0: i really appreciate your time today i know things have been really busy and uh you know, the marketplace changes almost in a nanosecond, so you almost have to always be aware and have your your hand on the pulse of the marketplace. But uh, good luck with everything you're doing to Dave, and uh, we look forward to seeing the growth that comes forward. Hey,
1: thank you so much, Jim. I really appreciate you having me
0: today. It was really interesting talking to Jason. You know, we've had some interviews recently with a number of fintechs that are trying to serve that marketplace that's been underserved, that is truly at a a crossroads financially that have some definite pains, but it's interesting that Dave is doing things a little differently, not only trying to build the credit rating of their customers, but also get them jobs. I mean, that's really looking beyond the normal role of the financial service industry, but is it? You know, the question has to be asked, are there ways in which financial institutions can look beyond the traditional services and say, can I do more for that small business? Can I do more for that consumer? And can I make a business case that's financially viable to serve a base that has really been underserved by all this in the past? Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, rated as a top five banking podcast. I generally appreciate the support you have provided since we started this endeavor. If you enjoy what we are doing, please be sure to subscribe to Banking Transform on your favorite podcast app. In addition, please take 30 to 45 seconds to show some love in the form of a review. It really means the world to us. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the research we're doing on digital transformation, the future of work in banking, retail banking innovation, and the changing dynamics of financial marketing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer, Sean Rohl hoffman I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all.